You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Morning and welcome to Catholic Chicago WNDZ 7:50 a.m. on your dial 312-255-8408. Mark Tracy here, sitting in uh, for Father Greg Sackowitz, who had to be at a service at St. Francis Xavier Ward uh, School this morning. He sends his regards to all of our listeners. You can see us on YouTube.com/slash Catholic Chicago. We have a wonderful show planned for this morning. Um, and our first guest, um, let me just remind people, I'm executive director over at Holy Name Cathedral. I work with Father Greg, who is the rector. And our first guest uh, is Julie Ryan McGue. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is her connect to Holy Name. But she's an identical twin, and she's an adoptee. And her, her writing centers on finding out who you really are. Where do you belong? And what, how do you make sense of it? In May 2021, Julie's memoir, Twice a Daughter, A Search for Identity, Family, and Belonging, was released, and it immediately, and here it is, it immediately became a number one new release in family and personal growth on Amazon. Since its debut, Twice a Daughter has received four major book awards. One, I understand, is a silver medal um, for uh, from the Authors Association, a gold medal from memoir uh, and other assorted awards. We're happy to have Julie join us this morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago, Julie. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Mark. Thank yes, you. Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, before we get into the book, which we'll spend a, a, a fascinating amount of time on, um, Tell us about, we were chatting before the program, tell us about your connect with Holy Name Cathedral. Oh, well, um, I'll start off by saying I'm a parishioner and I'm an active uh, subscriber to Father Greg's electronic newsletter. Mm -hmm. So um, I follow his newsletter and decided that my connection to Holy Name might be something he would be interested in. So I sent him my book. Um, I was... Um, married at Holy Name. My um, two daughters were baptized there and one of them was married there. And until um, 2011, I believed that I had been baptized at Holy Name. And when I started researching my closed adoption, I found out that my baptism was certified at Holy Name. But in fact, I'd really been baptized at St. Vincent's, the orphanage that's just a couple blocks away from Holy Name. Um, so that was a discovery that came out in researching the book. Wow. And that's a good entree into our beginning discussion of, of your book. Um, let's start first of all. Before the book, though, I understand you're quite a prolific writer. That's always been a part of, of the, your talent pool. And can you talk a little bit about that? Because even at a young age, you were journaling, correct? Yes. 
that is correct. I was journaling. Um, I always had in the back of my mind, I would write a novel. And when I was researching my adoption from 2010 through 2014, um, I was taking notes and I was um, thinking maybe this would become a story. And my mother-in-law, who I was very close to, um, was a reminiscence writer at a community college in Michigan. Oh, wow. And she advised me that, you know, just don't write journal entries, write down snatches of conversation, um, the scene where you're sitting. And so those particular um, notes in my journals and on the computer were actually what I used to write this book. Beautiful. Now, let's start. I had mentioned to you before our program, our four children are adopted. And I remember in a grammar school, our oldest son, um, they were talking about birth, you know, being born and in your mom's tummy. And, and, and he was like in second grade, he said, I'm adopted. I'm adopted. God makes families a lot of different ways. I thought that's pretty good for a second grader. But yeah. what, what, what are your earliest remembrances uh, of the, you know, did you know you were adopted at a young age or when did that awareness come to you? Well, my twin sister and I were adopted together, which is one of the most wonderful things yes. to come out of um, closed adoption for me. So I always knew who I looked like. I mm -hmm. always knew who I resembled and who I belonged to. Um, and my parents told us at a really young age, because I, I don't seem to remember when I didn't know, mm -hmm. it was a conversation that every so often we would um, sit down probably around a birthday and they'd say, uh, you know, how much they had wanted us. Mm -hmm. um, and if they, if we ever needed to, or chose to research our adoption, they would support us. Um, one of the things that I love to talk about uh, in relation to my adoptive mom is my parents uh, had trouble starting a family as most people do when they, when they adopt. And they were overseas and they took a side trip to um, Our Lady of Lourdes oh. and they prayed for a family. And when they came back to the U.S. and started working with Catholic Charities to adopt, um, my sister and I, uh, when they picked us up and brought us home, my mom looked in her missile and she realized that our birthday, February 11th, is the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. Wow. No accident. And, no accident. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we often say there was just no doubt that um, we were meant to be their, their daughters. Yeah, that Our, our, our Lady guided that, that movement. Now, we have granddaughters who are twins. They're four years old. And I, I, I mean, I love them. I hug them. But I observe them, too. And, and um, there's a bond that is almost unspoken. Uh, what about growing up with a twin? How, how, how was that for, for you? Is that accurate? It's almost like a sixth sense they have with one another. Uh, I write about this a lot in, in Twice a Daughter. Um, our relationship, we can, um, we can interact without even speaking. My mom hmm. said that as, as babies, we had our own little gibberish language that we seemed to understand one another. Um, she was a tremendous support to me when I decided to research this book. We supported each other through the five years that it took to um, get our medical history and our background. Um, when one of us was uh, disappointed or dejected, the other one would boost her up. So 
Um, I don't know what my life would be without her. It's almost like we are stitched into the same skin. What, what, what a gift that you had someone to journey with during this, during this process. Uh, did, did your sister uh, take as much of an initiative as you seem to take in terms of this search? Or did, how did that ha- how did you, did you have to break the news to her or was it a conversation that was ongoing uh, with her? Oh, um, no, we, we never really um, believed that we could search because of closed adoption being what it was. Mm-hmm. And at, frankly, I was unaware that the laws were changing, um, about to change when I embarked on this in Illinois. Um, I had a health issue. I, I went um, and had a breast biopsy and returned home. And my husband said, you really need to get your family medical history now. Let's, let's do another go at this. Um, we have four kids to consider. Your sister has two children. And so that was the impetus. Um, I was 48 years old. And my first phone call was to my twin sister and said, you know, I think I'm going to do this. And she said, of course, we'll do it together. Um, she had, had a full-time job at the time. And I was at home with, with many of my kids. So we agreed that I would be the researcher. We would talk at every step. And we would split the costs because there were a lot of filing costs and uh, search costs involved. And so um, then we talked to my parents Mm -hmm. and they, uh, my mom was a little lukewarm about this. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was terrific and they gave us our adoption papers and then we got started. Good. Well, because I would bet your parents just want to make sure it was positive and that, you know, that you like we have friends who had a have an ad- adopted daughter and the search went on and actually um her birth mother wasn't interested at all but her family was so they've connected mm-hmm. she's connected with the grandparents and the and the birth mothers at a distance so there's a bit of joy to the reconnect but there's also you know a bit of pain too what was your first like major discovery in this process, what would you say? This discovery moved me forward. Um, my when we first reached out to my birth mother through the confidential intermediary, she rejected us. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened as a result of that was I didn't have any medical history then, and I had to go back to the circuit court judge and ask for uh, another outreach to be sent to her so she could fill out her medical history. And the best thing that came out of that piece um, was I reached back out to Catholic Charities and the social worker, um, Lisa Francis, invited me to join the post-adoption support group at Catholic Charities. And I got involved in that group and met a lot of birth parents and that were searching for their child, um, other adoptees that were doing the same thing, and adoptive parents that were sporting their, their child in their search. And I came to understand the perspectives of a birth mom that maybe didn't want to be uh, sought out mm-hmm. and my own mom's um, reticence in this journey. And those conversations and feeling supported in that sense of community was a big benefit um, in me in coping with the initial rejection of my birth mom. But also, um, I'm continually involved with that group. We still meet virtually. And it impacted how I wrote the book. 
um, the story is not just my story, but it is every adoptee story that is trying to go down this path. And Catholic Charities is a big part of the story. So could you give our listeners and those watching on YouTube a little more information about that support group just in case they're in a spot where they think that group could be helpful to them? Absolutely. Um, it's a, You just have to Google Catholic Charities. Uh, Lisa Holmes Francis is the social worker in charge of um, the post-adoption support group. She also has a support group for birth mothers that meet separately from our group. Um, they meet every other month. Um, up until COVID, we were meeting at St. Vincent's mm -hmm. on LaSalle Street in person, which was absolutely wonderful. Um, so I highly recommend joining one of those groups if you are touched by adoption in any way. Wonderful, wonderful. We're gonna take a little break, but when we come back, Julie, I'd like to talk uh, a bit about the, the format of the book, how it, how it came about for you. And um, as you looked at actually putting this into a public forum, that's huge. That's huge. What were your feelings about that? I mean, you're basically uh, in this book, you're saying to folks, here's who I am. Here's my history. Uh, well, let's talk about that when we take a little break. Okay, we'll be back. Catholic Chicago, WNDZ 750 AM on your dial, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're with Julie Ryan McGue, who I will say wrote a wonderful book, Twice a Daughter, but I will also say she's a very faithful, longtime parishioner at Holy Name Cathedral. And we will be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Catholic education offers something other schools don't. When you walk through that door, you are amongst friends. I can confidently say that I look up to everybody at HT, staff, students. There's just something that you can admire in every person here. We treat everyone here with the same kind of respect that we would hope that exists in our families. Our curriculum is very rigorous, and we hope to match the academic rigor with our level of academic support. They help us prepare for college. They talk to us about our future and what we want to do. I think it instills a sense of community, which makes me more confident in my work. Through the teachers, through our counselors, through all of our administrators, we are educating not just the mind, but also the heart. 
I think that distinguishes us from other types of schools. Catholic high schools provide high-quality, faith-based education. The journey begins by taking your entrance exam. Register online at the Catholic high school you wish to attend. Do you have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. We're back, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can see us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We're having a wonderful conversation with Julie Ryan McGue, identical twin in a search for her origins, uh, wrote a wonderful book, Twice a Daughter, which we'd like to discuss during this half of our uh, program. What I'd like to ask Julie is, what, what were your learnings as you, as you delved into this book? If you were to say, you know, here are a couple very significant learnings that could be helpful to other folks uh, in, in this quest, what would they be? Uh, well, nowadays, the DNA um, analysis would be very helpful to people. Um, but when I was searching in 2010, the database for um, genetic genealogy was very poor, and the people that I was matching with were um, third, fourth, fifth cousins. Oh. Plus, I didn't have any family names to go by, so mm -hmm. I really wasn't able to connect with family. Um, one of the things that was very important to me was the confidential intermediary between myself and my birth family. Mm -hmm. Uh, they counseled me on how to talk to my birth family. I met very a lot of relatives, um, but that initial outreach can be very awkward for a birth parent connecting or an adoptee connecting. And the, having a social worker that's skilled in that, um, that training was very beneficial to me. Um, when I first reached out to my birth mom, we exchanged letters um, and pictures we digested the fact that we were going to enter each other's life and then we spoke on the phone and then later we had an in-person meeting so taking it slow was good for both of us um, she had some work to do in sharing her secrets about the twin daughters that she had placed for adoption um, 50 years before so i would say take your time mm -hmm. um, if you are an adoptee or a birth parent uh, make sure that you're in a good place in your life 
with your financial situation, your marriage, your children. Um, so many unexpected things come up and they're draining. They're emotionally draining and you really need to have support to guide you through that. Um, and then I would say never give up. Mm. Um, my sister and I used a, a search agency. We used Catholic Charities to help us. We used an intermediary. We needed a judge. And then finally, we needed a genealogist to help us find our birth father because the name we had been looking for um, turned out not to be entirely the correct name. So uh, patience, be informed, have a support group. All those things will help you uh, get through a very difficult journey. Now, what about the book? How, 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 what's the chronology of the book? It follows you all the way through. To, I'd be fascinated. What was that meeting like, the first meeting with your uh, birth mother? <laughs> um, you know, I was amazed at how physically we resembled one another, all the way down to hand gestures. Um, she, One of the first things she said to my sister and I was, you girls are both so tall. <laughs> um, so we laugh about that quite a bit. Um, her husband that she married a little later in life was a father of three adopted children. Oh. So he welcomed us into um, their family with open arms. Um, very cute comment. The very first thing he said to my sister and I is, I didn't know I was going to be a father again this late in life. Wow. Uh, so just a charming man, and um, I we he, we were very well received by he and, and my birth mom. Once once she once she told him her secret, she had kept that to herself for all of her life. And you said in your book there there, there are secrets which you've talked about lies and family members almost next door. Can you want to yes. talk about that a little bit? Oh, you know, um, I talk about this. It's the it's the God moment in my story and in the book. Um, my family that I was raised with has a family a lake house in Michigan, and a, a wonderful family lived next door, who we knew. You know, they they would borrow sugar, we would borrow an egg, we would see them only in the summertime. It's um, near South Haven. And when I had connected with my birth father, he was not ready to meet my sister and I, but he did tell his children, um, my half brother and sister about my sister and I. And my brother was the first one to pick up the phone. And in uh, that conversation, as we do, who do you know, where do you, where did you live, da, 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 da. Uh, we figured out that he was married to one of the girls that live next door oh, at the family lake. My word, word. Yeah, so that moment was um, such joy. My mother and father were so happy um, that they actually knew my brother. Mm -hmm. um, all of the, you know, the worry and the angst about the search and what would happen to all of us and would we be splintered into, you know, different families, it all went away. Wow. Um, it was such a healing moment. And uh, my dad was just thrilled to be related to um, my brother's father-in-law. <laughs> what a wonderful story. Now, let's make sure people know how to get the book. You know, if they're very, if they're interested, if they have, you know, some questions about maybe they're adopted, or maybe they're looking for the origins of their family. Um, how do they get this book? Twice a daughter. 
Well, you can certainly purchase it on Amazon. Uh, I also like to recommend bookshop.org, which supports the independent bookstores across the country, and they would order the book for you. Um, and if you need to get a hold of me, I have a website, www.juliemigueauthor.com. I love speaking with other adoptees or birth parents or adoptive uh, parents about the journey and, um, and share whatever knowledge I have. So www.juliemcgue.com. Correct? Author.com. Okay, wonderful. So what's your next book? I am writing a prequel to this book, oh. um, what it was like to be a, an identical twin growing up in this big, wonderful family where three people were adopted and three were not, um, and some of the things that happened to our family. So now, to be if, out in the fall of 23. Before we, we have a few more minutes, but I want to make sure people understand, uh, I'm very sensitive to the idea that people might be in a process where they're looking. How do you find a confidential intermediary? Um, it's called the Confidential Intermediary Service of Illinois. It's available through the Midwest Adoption Center in Des Plaines. They help people that are adoptees, birth parents, um, and also people that went through the foster care system connect with anyone that they had a personal history with. Wonderful. It's so a wonderful in, program. And repeat the name again for folks, Confidential Confidential Intermediary Service of Illinois through the Midwest Adoption Center. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, I want to go back uh, before we close. I want to go back. Um, I think it was you said your mother-in-law had said, you know, record conversations, not don't only as you're journaling. Can you just, is there one conversation that really stands out in this whole process that, that you thought, boy, that really, that was that really firmed this process up for me? Um, I write very detailed um, in my book about the first conversation that I have with my birth mom on the phone and what that felt like to hear her voice, mm -hmm. um, a voice that I always had imagined um, listening to at some point in my life. And it was truly a blessed moment. Um, so that conversation. I do want to mention before we close mm -hmm. that November is National Adoption Awareness Month. And oh, the theme great. this year is Conversation Matters. And I so I so appreciate that we have been able to have this conversation today. It ties in so beautifully what um, what the, the goal of National Adoption Awareness Month is all about, uh, fostering uh, knowledge about the process. And Julie, you're wonderfully gracious about sharing your story and uh, you know you know it it's a ministry it's a ministry that's growing um because probably our lady of lords is blessing it and saying these messages need to continue they need to reach the hearts of folks so i want to thank you personally for the journey that you're on and sharing it with folks uh, especially as an adoptive parent it's important to hear hear the needs of your children and, and and that don't be afraid you know it's pope uh john paul ii's thing don't be afraid don't be afraid because the movement 
will move you toward, uh, toward some blessings, which sounds like in your life it has. So I'm very grateful. Any last words to our listeners uh, before we close? Um, be a good listener. Try to communicate with empathy. Um, and I think that that will guide us through most controversies in our life. Wonderful. Well, I'd like to thank Julie Ryan McGue, author of Twice a Daughter, A Search for Identity, Family, and Belonging. You can get this on Amazon. And I forgot, Julie, the other place that you can get it. Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org. Bookshop. Wonderful. We'd like to thank Julie. Um, And I look forward to seeing you at Holy Name Cathedral and hopefully sharing this story with our faith community at Holy Name. It's an important story. It's an important journey. And I'd like to thank you again. God bless you in your work. Safe travels today. Uh, This is WNDZ Catholic Chicago. Uh, You can see us on YouTube. Dot com slash Catholic Chicago. Mark Tracy here sitting in for Father Greg. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.